So glad to have you guys with us today. How y'all feeling? Feeling good? Feeling good. All right. Uh, you got some, we got some coffee back there earlier, and so uh, I definitely needed a little extra uh, shot in my coffee this morning, but I'm very excited uh, to talk with you guys today just about the city and about, our, about the needs, but about the excitements and different things that we have coming up. I know, um, Mayor Mitchell, you're about to uh, do the State of the City address at the Chamber of Commerce, which I know is a huge event every single year, which by the way, if you care about anything that's happening in the city uh, and you want to go to that, please, 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 it's one of the best events. I went to it last year for the first time. It was so cool. You kind of get the insider access almost to all the new things that are coming up in the city. And it's a lot of fun because then people are like, what's happening? And you're like, hey, listen, that Panera bread, I knew about that first. You know what I mean? <laughs> you get to post online before anybody else does and it's, it's really fun. So uh, make sure you come to that if you wanna hear more about that. But um, I just wanna start off the conversation um, by asking about the challenges and the needs that you guys see in our city. Um, <clears throat> There has been a lot of growth, obviously, over the last you know, decade now. It's been, it's been a ridiculous amount of growth. We talked about it even the other day. I took a poll in our church. I didn't tell you guys this, but I took a poll in our church, and I said, how many of you have moved into the city in the last three years? And it was over half of the people in the room, in both services, raised their hand, said that they are new to the area. So I'm kind of curious so that they could see in both services. How many of you have just moved into the area in the last three years? Would you raise your hand? That's incredible. That's incredible. So there's just this melting pot of people from all over, not just from the state of Texas, but a lot of Californians that have come in, a lot of uh, people, and, and, and some of the Texans said, ah, oh, those Californians. No, our youth pastors from California, okay? So praise God for them. But, uh, but so what are some of the biggest needs and challenges that you guys see um, in our city right now, being at the 30,000-foot level? All right, I'll go. Good morning, everyone. How are y'all this morning? <clears throat> does anybody know how Trevor does his hair? I asked him this morning. I was, tr I was trying to figure it out because he's, it, there's, he's not brushing it, but it's also not matted down. He gave me the, like, he does the, the hand thing and then and the hairspray. Uh, I, I, have to bring up, I have to bring up the hair because I, I'm a little bit jealous uh, of... We, he was, nice he was talking about my hair this morning. Ken's waving his hand. Praise God in the back. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> There fellow suffragists right there. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, well, yeah, thanks for having us. You know, you, you, you are exactly right. And I actually really appreciate you uh, having the, uh, the folks raise their hand who have only been here for a few years because uh, that is exactly the experience that I've had. You know, I've been on the council and as mayor for seven years. And the people who were a part of the initial run for city council mostly have moved on. So it is, is very much a situation where the city of Kyle is a transient town. The average person, the average home, uh, the, the owners or the folks who live there have lived there less than five years. Uh, and that's a very, it, it creates a unique set of circumstances. On the one hand, uh, it's good because there's new people coming to the community uh, all the time. But on the, on the other hand, it's very difficult for us to establish an identity as a community. And there are a lot of people who don't know each other. Yeah. You know, I'm from, a, I'm from a small town, Gatesville, Texas, uh, population 15,000. When I was born, the population was 15,000. When I graduated high school, the population was 15,000. And now I'm 38 and the population is 15,000. Uh, Kyle is not like that. You know, when I was born, the population of Kyle was 2,000. And when I graduated from high school, the population of Kyle was 5,000. And now the population of Kyle is over 60,000. And so it's a, it's, a real, it's a real struggle. And so I'm just, I'm grateful every time uh, that a new church comes in with, an, with a desire and, and um, to uh, engage with the community because we need, as we are growing, uh, we need to develop roots and identity as a community. And churches play just a vital role 
uh, and helping to bring the people together who are coming in. It's, it's extremely important because when folks come here and don't feel connected, then they don't get connected uh, and then they move away uh, and, they, and they didn't have the experience that they needed to have while they were here. And they also weren't encouraged to stay here because they didn't have a reason for it. Uh, but your church is, is, is creating that, uh, that reason for people to want to plant roots, get invested, figure out what's happening in their city and make an impact. That's awesome. Wow, that's good stuff. Um, I, I talked that same message, I believe. There's the verse, Jeremiah 29, 7. It says, pray to the Lord for the city to which I've carried you into exile. For if the city prospers, then you too will prosper. And that's, that verse has really been on my heart. And the reason I took that poll is I was asking, hey, whether or not you are from this town, whether or not you grew up here, whether or not you came here last week, this is where you're at now, right? And we need to be invested in the place that we live. We need to pray for the place that we lived. And then the point I said was, what if all of the new people that came in never got involved? Just like what you're saying, what if they never got invested? And especially what if the people of God that came in never got invested, never got involved in a church, never got involved in their community? I think businesses would suffer. I mean, it would just not be any fun. Like we wouldn't have that identity, right? Because there would only be a small group of people creating this culture for a town of 60,000 people. What if there's only 5,000 or 10,000 people that are really investing into the community? No, man, we need all of you, every single person that's here, every single person watching online, every single person in this city uh, to take ownership over our town, ownership over our city and to get involved because there are you know, there are challenges. There are things that happen as the city grows. Um, I remember when I first came here, like you said, uh, my grandparents moved here in 2000. There was about 5,000 people here. And I always say, all we had was a Dairy Queen and a downtown. Come on, somebody. If you remember, raise your hand and say amen. Come on, like all three of you, right? You know what I mean? Like, like y'all remember. Y'all remember. And, uh, but we've seen this incredible growth. And man, I want us as a church and I want as individuals for us to get involved. So Daniela, maybe even on your end, what are some things that you see? Well, um, I moved to Kyle in 2016 after my husband retired from the military, and I have always been involved as a military spouse with the rest of the spouses. Um, and so when we moved to Plum Creek, um, immediately I wanted to get involved. I mean, it, I was just in need of that. Um, I'm really grateful of what Radical is doing, trying to get people to get engaged with the city, because I feel like there is... Um, it's one of the most important things for us is to hear from the residents and to for people to come to the city and maybe come to the meetings or at least to get to know what is going on for you to figure it out. Where do I fit in here? Where do I want to give an input? How can I get involved? Um, so when, when we started in Plum Creek getting involved just with the recreation committee, um, I honestly, at the beginning, never pay attention to the city things. So, and I wish, I wish I would have gotten involved a lot sooner uh, because there is so much more to do. Like if you wanna have ideas on what you wanna bring to the parks or what kind of events you wanna bring to the city. And, and that's how you get to know your neighbors, whether you live yes. in Plum Creek or you live in Waterleaf. It's these community events and engagement that I feel like will make you wanna stay here. So, yeah. that's just. That's good. Oh, I love that you were honest about it because I think most people would relate to that, right? Like you first move in and you're like, I don't really care about what's going on. Yeah. I'll be honest, right? Like, do we really care about what's going on in our city government? Do we really care about what's going on in our different communities? Um, and, and I think a lot of people end up in that when you look at, and I'm sure you'd be able to give the stats maybe way better, uh, when you look at the people that even... Uh, you know, vote in the local elections versus national elections, it is, there's a huge disparity. And it's generally just because people don't, they just don't care as much about what's happening on the local level. Personally, I think we should really, really care, if not more, about what's happening in our backyard uh, at the local level, getting involved in lots of different ways. So um, any other challenges or any other needs, any other things that you see in our city, uh, you know, that maybe is a problem that needs to be addressed that maybe we could help with or, or anything like that that kind of just pops in your mind. I don't know whether it's, uh, it could be really anything, economic, it could be, um, you know, drugs, homelessness, alcoholism. I, mean, I don't really know what the stats are in our community, but is there something that stands out to you specifically in our community um, that maybe needs to be addressed or a challenge that you see? 
We need rain. Rain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We need an Elijah situation. I, I think we need there are some scriptures that talk about praying for rain. <laughs> yes. Come on. For real. For real. Has that, has that, obviously it's been a huge challenge over even the last few weeks. I mean, have you guys been hearing a lot about that recently? Well, yes. I mean, um, you came to one of my coffees when we met the city manager, and I believe that water was one of the topics that lasted the longest. A, a very you know, heated water topic of conversation. Water. You would never think. But watering. Yes. And so this morning I was watering my plants, and I'm like, I know I'm, I'm on the schedule, so I'm, a, I'm good as long as I'm watering I, by hey, hand. Hey, <laughs> I do have a confession. I have a confession about water. And my wife was very upset about this. And actually, I'm going to say this on the record, and so if they come after me, I'm so, so sorry for this. You know, you, you we're supposed to water in the evenings now, and that's, you know, 7 to 10, odd number, whatever, all this stuff. And uh, so when I get tired, I, I get very tired, and I get loopy, and I'm just gone. Like, I'm asleep. So I was watering the grass at 9.30 p.m., woke up the next day at 6 a.m., one of my sprinkler heads was still going. I was so upset about it. I was like, no, I have failed the city. I was so mad at myself. So anyway, I'm like bowed to the Lord. I'll never do it again. So city people don't come after me. I'm so sorry. Anyway, anyway. so, uh, but no, it's such a big deal. Like conserving water right now is a big deal. It's a big deal. So uh, please do your part, unlike your pastor. Anyway, uh, so what challenges do you guys see maybe coming in the future? Because we have... You know, there's things that are happening right now. There's things that you're probably, people are in your ear about constantly for right now. But y'all's job as city leaders is not to live in the now, right? My job as a pastor of a church is not to live in what's happening today, but to live in what's happening next year and five years from now. I try to think on a completely different time frame. Um, and I know that that's what you guys do too. Y'all are thinking and planning projects five, 10, 15 years in advance. So what are some challenges that you see coming in the future uh, for our city? Well, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's no question about that. My, my dad taught me to drive when I was a teenager. I started driving at 14. And, uh, and one of the things he always said was, get the big picture. And he would put his hands out and say, get the big picture. Uh, and that always stuck with me. I, I, I always have tried to live my life in such a way that I see the big picture and not get stuck in, in something, you know, myopic. And that's exactly to your point. You know, the city of Kyle is, is growing rapidly. And as you said, it's whether we like it or not. And so really it has a lot to do with, you know, uh, our work has a lot to do with trying to corral that growth and help uh, produce a city uh, long-term that can thrive economically, culturally, uh, you know, and from the standpoint of community, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a, as simple as you might think uh, dealing with a lot of the laws in the state of Texas that limit our ability to manage growth. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we, we care a lot about our road infrastructure. We care a lot about our um, uh, staff and the development of uh, our staff as resources to provide value in the community. Uh, we care a lot about our park system. We believe that walkability is uh, an, uh, an extremely important part of having a thriving community. You know, I, uh, they, there's, some, there's some fine print when you run for mayor that you don't read. And it says that um, if you are the mayor and a uh, virus in China starts in China and makes its way to America and then down into Texas, uh, there, there is no blueprint for how to handle that, and then it just goes, okay, Mayor, what are you going to do with this incredibly difficult situation? Uh, there's some additional fine print that says, uh, Texas is really hot until, until it's really cold, and there are, there are times when you can be below freezing for a couple weeks, and we don't have the infrastructure to handle. Like up in the north, they're like, yeah, of course, but down here, our, our system just completely fails. And so you can find yourself in a situation where uh, there's no water in your city, like at all, like no water, like true emergency. And those, those kind of situations uh, teach you something if you're trying to get the big picture about how to set your city up such that in the future, uh, when those kind of situations happen, uh, you, can, you, can, you can thrive, you can manage it. And, and, and so that's really... 
Uh, that's been a lot of, you know, the past informing the future. Uh, but uh, I don't know how I got onto the pandemic, but let's just never live that again, folks. I mean, what, what was that like? If we can maybe talk about that for a second, if you're okay with it. What was that like leading through that time and, and you know, dealing with those challenges and hearing from people that were hurting, hearing from people, there's two sides of the coin, you know what I mean, from people that are angry about this and then people that are angry about the exact opposite thing. And it's, it, you know, it just seems like no matter what you do, it could be difficult, right? So what was that like leading through that? I can't imagine. I mean, we started our church in 2020, but, you know, we were starting a, a small community of people and I feel like it's a much smaller scale, but leading a, you know, 50, 40, 50,000 people community at that time, I can't, I can't imagine. Well, you have no idea the impact a church can make until you find a city in crisis. And so when the, pande- when the pandemic started, uh, we, we, we gathered all the church leaders together because in my mind, I knew that people were suffering and that they were scared. Uh, and that if we didn't have the leaders of the church helping us to provide calm, but also to provide communication and community, even in the midst of separating everybody out, uh, that it was, it was going to be revolts. I, I was told uh, in, in March of 2020 that by May, if we didn't take drastic measures, a thousand people in Kyle could be dead in two months' time. Uh, that's a... That's a I mean, that's hard to, that's hard to process. I, I was on the phone with the chief of police. I was driving down 1626, and, uh, and, and we were talking about the fact that Applebee's wasn't following the mayoral order, and they hadn't closed their store, and the governor had, had issued these orders, but Applebee's was still open, and I was like, chief, I need you to go and close this business. And he was like, okay, I'll do it. And I just, it, it had been, it, we'd had to deal with schools shutting down and daycares and then businesses were, were uh, being uh, limited dramatically and churches were being limited dramatically. Uh, and I just had to pull over on the side of 1626 and just wept, thinking about the fact that our city, it just felt like the world was coming to an end. Uh, but the, the churches played a vital role. The pastors uh, of the church, uh, the pastors in the city came together uh, and prayed with me and prayed with our city leaders. Uh, and they also uh, wanted to be a part of the solution, not, not, not saying, well, the, you know, the, you know, the Fifth Amendment or what, not the Fifth, but, you know, whatever the, whatever the First Amendment. One of those second laws. Amendment, I don't remember, whichever one. No, Second One of them. The, the, if you freedom, right to, right to assembly. Second Amendment. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Cut that. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and not having this mentality of like wanting to resist, but wanting to embrace and be a part. The, the church's role through that pandemic was just, was very, very critical and helpful. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Daniela, you're new to the council, of course, but you've seen, and I'm sure you've learned just, just from our conversations, You've learned a lot in a short period of time. You have to, right? Um, what has that been like, joining council, just being thrown into this amazing growth in our city and learning everything that you have to learn and also seeing all these different challenges? What has that been like for you? It has been really exciting. Um, being somebody that always wants to be involved in something, um, getting to the city and thinking, I am excited to to help create all of these events for engagement. It's not only about that. Yeah. It's like, okay, I need to learn a lot about planning and about zoning and where is the best location to put these buildings or that community. Um, so it has been exciting to be able to make educated decisions when you're, that you know you're gonna be impacting the rest of the residents in the future. Um, so because decisions that we're making Next Tuesday are probably, we will not be see the results until 2025, 2026. So um, it's a lot of learning. Um, it has been um, not overwhelming, but it has been really, um, I, I lost the word. Maybe if I have it in Spanish. It's challenging, but it's exciting. You want to make sure that every decision that we make, we're thinking about how that's going to impact the city in the future. So that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's great to see uh, people that are willing, obviously, to step up and to get involved and to learn. 
and, and to be a part of the solution. I think I love, that's what you said a few weeks ago. Uh, when I was uh, preaching one of those messages uh, for, for our city, I said it's real easy to be a complainer and a consumer, but not a contributor. Yeah. It's real easy to do that. And usually we fall, we fall to that when we're stressed out, when, it's, when life is difficult. And of course, you know, economically, maybe it is difficult right now. And it's real easy to complain about things. It's real easy to you know, complain about Mayor Mitchell, but not be a part of the solution. It's real easy to complain about the council decisions or the city staff's decisions, but not want to be a part of the solution. And so for me anyway, I don't ever want to complain about something that I'm not willing to pray about. So if I'm not praying about the situation, if I'm not asking for God's favor over that person or over that situation, I, I don't, I'm not going to complain about it and tell them wanting to do something about it, right? And so that's, that's for me anyway. I feel like that's just good leadership. That's just good self-leadership. And I would want everyone as the people of God to, to feel the same way. I don't think God wants us to be complainers. He wants us to be contributors, right? The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat, right? And so that's, that's part of it. Hey, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to be a part of the solution. And so I want us as individuals and us as a church to be a part of the solution as well. And so um, one thing I did want to say as far as, you know, COVID and, and, and being a leader, it can be extremely difficult. And for me anyway, one thing that I've realized um, is that it is very lonely at the top. It's very lonely. And I don't know what that, you know, what that looks like for you and for you guys. You know, maybe there's just some things, and, and, and I want to encourage y'all with this as well as you guys with this, is that the decisions and the issues that they are facing and that they have to deal with are greater and, and, and so much more complex than anything that I even want to imagine or think of. And the, com the complexities of the things that we deal with as a church, right? Like, we lead a 300, I lead a 300 person church now, which is incredible. God's blessed us, right? So, but there's 300 people and there's, you know, kids over there and rad kids that we got to think about. There's you that we have to think about and, and, and the decisions that uh, have to be made. It just feels like that, you know, sometimes you feel like you can't talk to anybody else about it because they just don't get it, right? And so I understand it's, sometimes it's lonely at the top. It's lonely at, in those places. And sometimes we find ourselves, I know I've, I've found myself crying you know, for our church, crying for our city and crying over, man, like, what do we do? You know, like, what, who do I even go to? Who do I talk to about these situations? And so uh, if I can encourage you guys to understand, you know, you might not have known that story about him pulling over on the side of the road and, and crying for our city and crying about, hey, man, like, what do we do here? Um, but now you do know. And that's just one little glimpse into what it's like to being a, a leader over a large, I mean, people, you know, 60,000 people that, that we're responsible for, right? And so uh, I do want to encourage you uh, with that, that I know it is, it is difficult and it can be lonely at the top. Sometimes we see things from a 30,000 foot view and, and you know, many other people, they're down at 5,000 feet wanting to complain to the people that are up here. And it can feel so difficult, um, feeling like, you know, you do right or you do wrong and, and whatever choice you make, somebody is never happy, right? No one, the whole crowd is never going to be happy with you. And yet that's leadership, right? That's what it is. Uh, and so, man, I just commend you for having a heart for the city enough to even feel those things though. That's what I love so much about you guys is that you will cry over the city. You will say, I can't make everybody happy, but I want to do the best that I can. And I really do see that with you guys. So, um, if there's a way that you would say that we could serve our city, um, we'll talk about maybe individuals and as churches as well. So whichever one you kind of want to hit, but how can we serve our city? How can we get involved maybe even in our city as individual citizens? Uh, let's maybe start with that. What are some things that if you were to say, there's a sea of people out here that maybe have never cared about getting involved in the city, right? Like you were honest, I, I was one of those people, you know, I, I was even one of those people personally for a while. How would you tell them what would be a great first step to take uh, to getting involved in things in the city? Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> um, Danielle loves this stuff, so. So I, I do love engagement with residents. It's one of the things that I, I, that was on my list of things that I wanted to do when running for council is like, well, if, if there are votes, if there are agenda items that I don't understand, there's a ton of people out there that have no idea what this means. So I, we want to hear from you. Um, so if you 
take a look at the, the schedule for council meetings. And if you're reading the agenda, I have no idea what's going on with this and what this even mean, then reach out to your council members and ask, hey, can you explain this to us? Like, what exactly are you guys voting on? And I feel like that communication, have, have communication with your representatives. Yeah. Um, ask questions about what is coming to Kyle. Hey, why do you guys do this in here? Because that's how we want to make votes with your, with, with your ideas or with the input that you are bringing to us. Yeah. So I think that is very important. Having communication with your council members, ask questions, come to our coffee meetings and tell us how you're feeling about things or what direction that the city's taken. I think that's extremely important yeah. as, you know, as a resident, especially when you are new and moving to Kyle and you wanna know what direction we're going, um, then join us for coffee or to a council meeting. They can be exciting and fun sometimes, so. <laughs> yes, they can be very exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you think, Mayor Mitchell? How would you encourage individual citizens to get involved? Well, I, you know, be careful what you ask for, you know. <laughs> uh, the, there are a lot of challenges in our city that individuals can make an impact on. You know, we have a very high population of functionally homeless children uh, in our community, in our school district. That's functionally homeless means uh, children who do not have a primary home uh, where they reside going while they go throughout their school. They're, they're, they're sort of bouncing around relatives and, and various groups, uh, that's, a, that's a real challenge. You can spend some time with your school district trying to figure out who, who some of those folks are, try to make an impact there. Uh, we have a high population of children of incarcerated adults. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, my heart always bleeds for the kids, you know, trying to figure out, you know, because however transient we may feel like we are, oftentimes, uh, especially at church, we're part of a community and a nucleus and we have stability, we have roots. Uh, there are a lot of folks that just don't have that at, at all. Uh, so as individuals, you can make an impact on that. But then not only as you're going about your day, figuring out how to make an impact on systems, uh, there are oftentimes situations that arise within a community like a pandemic, like a snowpocalypse or a fire uh, or extreme heat. Uh, there are opportunities to engage in that way. And you can engage through the city, but you can also just engage as a church, yeah. putting out, uh, put, having food drives, you know, uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, backpack, toy drives, yeah. all of those are, th those are really meaningful uh, in the community. And then also, um, you know, getting outside your walls, uh, that's really important. A lot of times uh, churches, they live in an echo chamber and I'm not trying to be critical. No, you're absolutely right. But, yeah. <clears throat> but the, the community is very broad. It's very wide. It's not religious. Yeah. And uh, it's in need of people who will, um, as, with courage, step out into the community and, and make an impact. Yeah, bridge the gap. You know, I mean, because I feel like um, there's... There's so many people, I think this was just last week that we talked about this, which I love. You're just reminding me of things that, you know, it just been on my heart, which is so cool. But, but there's so many people in this community that do not think like me, look like me, act like me, believe like me, any of this. And so am I, uh, as a Christ follower anyway, from this side of it, am I, am I looking to bridge the gap to, uh, to other people that don't think like me? Am I willing to have conversations? I said last week, Jesus... Was, was never once, uh, from a religious side of things, if you're looking at it like this, Jesus was never once negatively impacted by his association with sinners, right? Never once. In fact, he was the influencer and, and called people to a higher standard and called people uh, to a better way of living and, and, and helped people in their time of need. He healed people, right? He was loving on people. He was showering them with love and with grace and with mercy. The woman at the well, right, who she had had five husbands, and the man, he said, the man you're living with right now is not your husband. She's like, well, you're a prophet, I can tell. Like, obviously, right? So um, he's talking to her, and, and where most people would have counted her out, Jesus saw value inside of her. And, um, and I think that's what we should do as Christ followers as well, is, is you know, get out and meet people where everyone else in that community had rejected her, Jesus accepted her and loved her. And even his own disciples were like, yo, Jesus, like, why are you talking to this lady? And he said, man, this is the most important thing I could be doing right now is getting out 
and meeting people that culturally Jews and Samaritans did not like each other, right? They did not think like each other. They did not act like each other. And yet Jesus reached across and said, hey, like, let's have a conversation. And so I think that's, that's so, so important, getting involved in different ways. Hey, Trevor, I'm, I might yeah. actually add, you know. Please, yes. That in, in 2012, when my wife and I decided to start a business down here in Kyle, uh, initially, we did not move to Kyle. We built a business here. We stayed in Austin. We were part of the Austin Stone Church. Uh, and they have uh, very much a for the city program. And they were talking about getting on mission. Uh, but they were talking about it from the standpoint of Austin. And the, as, as we went from 2012 to 2013, one of the things we realized was that you, in order to make an impact on your community, you have to orient your life in such a way that you get, you can, you find yourself in situations where you get to know your neighbors, not just on a Sunday in a church, but like the, the way you orient your lifestyle has got to allow you to interact with the community. So we did, one of the things we did was we actually left the Austin Stone Church, uh, not in, you know, with frustration, but because we, the small group that we were a part of, the people we were meeting with and had met with for years were scattered all over Austin. So we wanted to come to the city of Kyle. We moved here and, and we started going to a local church. And then part of that was, I was like, well, I don't, we don't want to get pigeonholed in just meeting the Christians in Kyle. So we started um, uh, down the path of pursuing a city council seat because I was like, that is where the community elects its leaders, and those leaders are, are a part of the community as a as a whole, the, you know, all the way across the spectrum, uh, and it it made a huge impact. It sh it shifted my paradigm by being involved in uh, you know city government because it wasn't just about the echo chamber of the church, but that was a part of it. So you take. You take your experience in your community as a church, uh, and then individually you also get involved in the community in such a way that you're interacting with other people outside of these walls. And then you know you ask God to bridge that gap between who you are as a as a Christian and as a part of a church and your life and role in the community. Yeah, what is what does that look like, right? Because I know obviously you're serving in a position, um, you know. You're in government, but also, you know, maybe we have faith as well. And those things, many times people, you know, separation of church and state, they try to keep these things apart, but yet it's, it's a vital part of, of who we are. And so I think God calls Christians to be in places of government. I really do. I believe that God calls us to get involved uh, in our city. God calls us to be leaders. And yet many Christians will shy away. And many people of many faiths will, will shy away because they feel like, well, that's not the place for me. Um, I, I don't personally feel that way whatsoever, but maybe for you guys, um, how does you know, faith play into your role as, um, as a city leader? What, Daniela, what do you think? She's like, give me this question. <laughs> I think Trevor knows how much. Um, I do pray a lot before every city council meeting and to make sure that whatever votes we're taking, they are the right votes. Um, I, I always look at it and figure, you know, if there is anything especially controversial, is this what God would want me to do? And I don't know if you guys know, but I have his number on speed dial, and I have called him several times from different places in different situations, always related to counsel. Can you please throw a prayer for all of us? Um, yeah, no, she'll say, can you pray for me? Because I'm about to lose my mind, is what she says. Have, Don't I lie. Have. Yeah, but she does say pray for all of us. Yeah. Um, he has come to the council meetings when I feel like things may go south a little um, and say pray from there. So it does give, give you um, some reassurance that God is with you. But yes, it impacts at least, um, I feel most of us in the diocese are, you know, got followers in we have talked to each other, like, well, maybe we need to do a little prayer before, even whether you like your you know, council member sits next to you or not. Um, we just wanna make sure that when we are making decisions, they are the decisions that um, will follow what God would want us to follow and that will impact positively the city. So it plays a big role. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and that's so tough because you know there's people sitting right next to you that don't think the same way as you. They don't believe the same way as you. And so, uh, yeah, I know sometimes, like you said, uh, Mayor Mitchell, we get in this, you know, echo chamber sometimes where it's, yeah, everybody does think the same way as us. And uh, it's real easy to make decisions with people that think the same way as you. Very difficult to make decisions with people that have different priorities than you, 
uh, that have different you know, faith backgrounds than you, different just general backgrounds than you. So uh, yeah, I can't imagine. But so how can we support you guys? I think that's the big, that's my heart, right? Is I just want to know, how can we support you personally, support the city, support council, of course, but, um, and what can we pray with you guys about uh, today, even as we, as we kind of get ready to close here? What are some things that maybe personally we could pray with you about, or as a city we could pray with you guys about, if you have anything you could think of? Um, that's a good question. You know, we, we have a lot of uh, struggles at City Hall, and as you say, it can be very lonely. Oftentimes, your elected leaders uh, hear from a small minority the most, and that small minority is not interested in uh, uh, encouraging you, let's say. They're interested in um, drumming in the side of your ear their viewpoint until that's all you can hear, and everything else gets drowned out. Uh, that's a, that's just a constant reality. So, uh, you know, your elected leaders need courage to uh, lift their eyes up beyond the vocal group of people that are in their face trying to control you to see the community at large and not just the community that's here, but the community that came before it and the community that will come after. That's good. Uh, that's it's, good. It, it's, it, we need prayer for that. Uh, we need We need encouragement to be leaders and not just to do the will of the 10 people who are putting the most pressure on you, uh, but to do the will of the people uh, in, uh, in the broadest sense possible. That yeah, is good. really important because um, although you want to listen to other residents, you're gonna make sure that even every vote we take, somebody will be happy and somebody will be mad, whether they like you or not. So it is important to have courage and make sure that the decisions you're taking will impact. That it's, it's just to, to acknowledge that will impact people being here before, the people that are arriving, and the people that will, are coming. So those are the important votes when you're taking, and there will be a group of people that are very loud and engaged that will get mad at you if you, you, know, if you don't vote their way or can control you. Yeah, so prayer for that. <laughs> right, absolutely. <clears throat> Courage to lead. That's... That's massive. I, I never deal with that problem here at Radical Church, ever, with a small group of people. Never has a church ever dealt with that, right? No. That's, that's the same. I mean, that, is, that really is leadership, is being able to see, see beyond the here and now, like we talked about, being able to see five, ten years down the line and have courage to make those decisions, even in the face of opposition. And so many times people... You know, people think that they, they know what is best, and it is tough making a decision where you have all this information and you have all these people, and, and the Bible says that there's wisdom and, and, and a multitude of counselors, right? And so you guys have many people that you guys pull on for information and for different things, and y'all are trying to make the most informed decisions for the city. Uh, and then there's people that don't have any of that information that want to tell you that you're wrong, and it's that's really, really tough. And so... Uh, having the courage to lead through that opposition. We will definitely pray with that for you guys. Um, is there anything else that you guys, if you could say, you know, any last thoughts, any encouragements you'd want to give to uh, a church of people that maybe you're looking to get more involved or, or just anything that you'd like to say at all? I'll leave it to you guys. Well, well, Trevor, you're setting a really good example. And as someone who's been around for a while, uh, I know the difference and uh, can see the difference between uh, spiritual leaders in the community who are sort of set in their ways and moving in a particular direction because that's the way they've always done it and someone who's trying to sort of break the mold a little bit. And there are, Trevor has, does come to council members uh, meetings. He does pay attention. And as an, as an elected official, oftentimes when I look out into, into the gallery of folks, uh, there's, there, are no, there are no friends, and yet there will, uh, Trevor will be there, so he's walking the walk. And so I, I would encourage you to follow in his footsteps. It's not about uh, Facebook comments threads. Yeah, it's, 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 that's That'll not, preach. We don't, um, uh, and it's also not about your opinion. That's not how you impact your community by making sure your elected leaders know exactly what you believe on what. I've taken over, I think, 7,000 votes. I promise you I've taken votes that you really don't like. What it's about is the relationship and the connection that you can make to encourage your leaders to continue to move forward. And I feel that from Trevor. 
Uh, and I, I think Daniela feels exactly the same way, encouraged to continue to lead and continue to uh, pursue the calling that God has placed on our lives. Uh, and so uh, I would just think my encouragement would be uh, to listen to what, uh, what Pastor Trevor uh, has, to, has to say about how Thanks. to engage <laughs> your elected leaders because he's doing a fantastic job yeah. of it. Thank you. I appreciate you. I'm going to second what he said, and I, we, I am very appreciative of what you have done for the city. Um, the, the first time I came to Radical, it was very interesting because it was an Easter Sunday. I was running late to my other church, as usual, uh, and then it turns out the church had service in a different place, so I told my kids, sorry, we can't make it. Oh, there's a church at Negley. Oh, that's right. That's the church that the, you know, the Facebook guy. Which was <laughs> Um, and from day one, we were sold that this is going to be our home church. Um, so the way that you have engaged with the other city council members and just showing up to the city and wanting to do good for the city of Kyle, it's really something I haven't seen before. I appreciate when you started the series two Sundays ago about Pray for Kyle, I was listening as I was driving back home, and I just loved everything that you were saying because I haven't yet to find somebody that wants to pray for for the decisions that you're taking as an elected official, whether you like the person or not. Because they're gonna yes. impact the place where you're living. Like, I wanna see, I remember somebody telling me one time, it's like, if you don't like your elected person and wishing them to fail, if you're, like, imagine if you're in an airplane and that person is the pilot, you wish that person to fail, we're all gonna go down. So wow. just pray for the person who is sitting in there making the decisions and get engaged. You know, we have boards all over the city, parks, um, the community garden, which I'm really excited to see yes, happening. Yeah. Um, maybe give us a phone call. Our information is that I'm all about getting feedback from you, whether you like me or not. If you're going to yell at me, I'm okay with that. Um, so Please don't call me if you're going to yell at me. I don't <laughs> No, but I you do. I, I do want to hear from Council you. Council Member Danielle Parsi, please. <laughs> so, and, he, and you know, I mean, we went to coffee last oh, two yeah. weeks again. Somebody came right at me about a water issue. So. <laughs> it <But>. was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, ooh, I'm not in the hot seat today. This is fun. <laughs> but, yeah, we just want to hear from you. So that, that will be my, and then follow what yeah. Trevor is telling you to do. You guys are too kind. I really do appreciate you guys. And I think... What, what he was saying is, is so, it's my heart, really. And I know that you know this. When I came to that council meeting, the first one I came to, uh, I stayed for the whole thing. It was like three and a half hours. It was crazy. Um, and there was just a lot of people that were just, you know, angry about stuff or just bringing opinions on things. And that's fine. We need people that are willing to stand up and voice opinions on things because sometimes something good actually comes out of it, right? Like, hey, actually, that is a problem. We should address that. Um, and yet, I, I wasn't going to say anything. I had no plans on speaking. They do public comment, and it was just one after another, just people railing on them. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So I, find, I just felt compelled to stand up and just get up to the mic and say, hey, I, I know you guys don't really know me, but... I've gotten to know Mayor Mitchell a little bit and Councilmember Parsley and just wanted to say that our church, a radical church, is here for you. We're praying for you. Uh, there's a pastor that's praying for you and I uh, want to support you and encourage you guys and if there's anything we can ever do, we just want to let you know we're here. How many of y'all know that that just changes the atmosphere and changes the environment immediately? Yeah. Right? And it, maybe it even squashes some of the other people that were going to come up after and say some really mean things. I don't know if it did that day. But, uh, but it changes the atmosphere and changes the environment. And what does it do? It, what, he's asking, hey, let's pray for courage. Well, they need encouragement to have courage, right? So meet with them. Please reach out to your representatives. Reach out to not just these city leaders, but to city staff and to other council members. Encourage them and ask, hey, how can we pray for you? What can I do for you? How can I serve you? And how can I serve the city? Um, I think if we encourage them, we lift them up, we pray for them, and it's going to make their job a lot more enjoyable. And if we show up, it's going to make their job a lot more enjoyable um, instead of just constant strife and difficult things. Just like he said, he knows anytime I show up, he knows that there's somebody there that is a friend, not a foe. And so let's make some more friends with these people and, and all of our city leaders uh, so that when we show up, when the people of God show up, 
man, like they should know that when Radical Church shows up, the people of God show up, that we have a friend out in the audience. We have a friend in the crowd today. So um, I, I just simply want to close in prayer uh, with you guys, if that's okay. Uh, just praying for you, praying for your leadership, and praying for uh, the decisions and the meetings that you guys have coming up. I know there's a lot of big things, of course, happening. And so, um, church, if you wouldn't mind, would you just stretch your hands out this way? We want to take a moment and just pray. As Someone can go ahead and hop up here in just a moment uh, on keys. I don't know if Josh or Tim or anybody, but um, we just want to pray for you guys. So, Father God, we thank you. We just bless Mayor Mitchell we bless council member Parsley. We ask that you would just move in them and through them. And Lord, give them wise leadership to lead this city well, to lead this city into the next uh, phase of growth that is coming. Lord, whether the people in this town like it or not, whether the people are new, whether they've been born here, I, it doesn't matter, Lord. At the end of the day, uh, this city is growing. People are coming here, and there's big decisions. There's big things that are happening. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give them peace in their hearts, Lord, uh, that, that they wouldn't be swayed by a small, very loud minority, but they would just be able to have courage in the face of opposition, have courage in the face of people that are not necessarily maybe even for them, but just want to complain at them, but don't want to be a contributor with them as a part of the city. God, I just pray that they would have courage to make bold decisions for this city, that they would have courage to make God-honoring decisions for this city, uh, that they would help the people of the city in the best way they know how. God, they're going to fail sometimes. They're going to make some mistakes. Lord knows that I have made some mistakes in this journey of church planting and this church. And so they know that they're going to make a wrong vote every once in a while. They're going to make a wrong decision every once in a while. But God, let them know that there's grace for everything, that your grace covers all things, that your grace is sufficient for us. And that, Lord, they wouldn't dwell on the decisions that they've made in the past that maybe they felt like were wrong or dwell on the, the things that people have said that are hurtful against them, Lord. But I pray encouragement over them in the name of Jesus right now. I just pray that they would be lifted up, that their spirits would be lifted up right now in the name of Jesus. God, I ask for these two and for all of our city council members, for all of our city staff and leadership, Lord, that they would feel encouraged as they go into this next season. There's big problems, big issues. There's maybe even, you know, relationship problems and, and it's difficult to manage interpersonal relationships with these people that maybe don't think like us or talk like us or have the same priorities as us. But God, would you give them courage to stand in the middle of it and make good decisions, Lord, that will help this city in the next season that we're going into. And Lord, I pray that they would just know that there is a church that is praying for them, that they would know that there is a pastor that's praying for them, that there is a people that is praying for them that is supporting them, that is lifting them up in their time of need, that when we show up, that they know that we are friends, not foes, and we are there to support, we are there to pray, because God, we know that you have called us to pray for our leaders. You have called us to stand in the gap for our city. So right now, God, we stand in the gap for Kyle, Texas. Lord Jesus, we say, use us. Help, use us in any way that we can to make this city the best place to live in the state of Texas. God, we believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. Can you please give it up for our amazing guests today? Hey, thank you guys. Come on, let's, let's let them hear it. Thank you guys. <laughs> hey, I just have, you can be seated for just a moment. I just have one more thing I want to tell you before we leave. I have... A great announcement. We have Love Kyle that is happening this next weekend. We heard of a few ways that we can get involved. Now is the time. Please uh, go online. You can get your phone out even right now or get on the Church Center app or you can go to radicalchurch.life. Actually, we even, uh, I bought lovekyle.org. So we have that now. So you can go to lovekyle.org and it'll take you to a place where you can sign up, not just for the interest form, but this is the actual sign-up form. We have lots of different things that we're going to be doing next weekend. I'll tell you about them real fast. One of them is we're packing school supplies for kids with Ancora Ministries. That's Trey Williams uh, right over there in Plum Creek. Another one, we're partnering with Hayes Hope to Go. We're doing a food and clothing distribution for families from 9 a.m. to 1 on Saturday. 
We're doing some lawn care and a, kind of a beautification project for Wallace Middle School. Um, I talked to the principal there, uh, Joanne, she's amazing. And uh, she said, hey, the kids love this back area by the volleyball courts and it always kind of gets crazy right before school and no one's taking care of it. Would love for you guys to do that. I said, absolutely. Our church was in Wallace Middle School for a while. And so I also uh, called up the principal for Negley Elementary, which is where we started our church at. And uh, she said, we actually did some landscaping for them in the past. And she said, it's gotten a little cray cray. Uh, can you guys just come in and pull some weeds and just kind of make it look nice again? Absolutely. Uh, parks department, we're gonna do a park cleanup. Uh, we don't know which park or where exactly yet, but you can sign up for that. Uh, we're doing some senior citizen lawn care with our uh, Kyle area senior zone. That's CAS, if you don't know what that is. Um, that might be going to uh, individuals' homes. It might. We're just gonna try to find whoever we can help. I have a call with her uh, tomorrow. And then uh, teacher supplies drive. And then if you know of any single parents that just need a day off, we're gonna have some kids workers here, hopefully. So if you're on Rad Kids, we'd love for you to sign up for this just to give a mom or a dad a day off. Uh, that's a single parent. They can hang out from nine to one, go get some stuff done. You know how helpful that is, parents, come on. Uh, the teacher supplies drive, we're gonna do that right here at Radical Church because how many of y'all know, it's not just the students and the kids that need the supplies, the teachers actually have to buy a lot of stuff on their own. And so we wanna support our teachers in our community as they are supporting our kids as well. So uh, please sign up for any of these things. Don't do multiples, but just sign up for one of them so that you can be you know, focused on the one thing. And then uh, I encourage you, come be here at 8 a.m. on Saturday. Be a part of the solution, uh, not complaining about it, but man, let's be contributors, amen? Amen. Hey, let me pray blessing over you. Father God, I thank you for our church. Thank you for this conversation today. Man, we're just so grateful, Lord, that I just feel your presence here in this place. And we just wanna get involved. We wanna help. We want to be a part of the solution. We believe that your word says that, that we're supposed to be involved in our city and in and, and helping people that are in need. God, you helped so many people that were in need. You healed so many people that were sick. You gave and you instructed your disciples to give to people that didn't have. And so, Lord, I pray that as we give back this week, that we would just feel your presence in the midst of meeting the practical needs of our city. Bless our leaders and bless our families that are here today. In God's name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Hey, one more time, why don't you give it up for our special guests? God bless you. We'll see you next week.